0: Thank you for tuning in to a Centerpoint Church message. Our mission is to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. We hope this message achieves that and inspires you to both grow in your faith and live it out today. Enjoy!
1: Welcome to Centerpoint Church. My name is Aaron De Master. I'm the pastor here. Uh, what you're in for is a one-hour service with a mission to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. We like to say every Sunday, we do here what every good Christian church should do, which is to help you connect with God in a worshipful way and help you grow in your relationship with Him. Our style just might be a bit different than what you're used to, but what we want you to know is we're still true to the Bible. We take God very seriously here. And we want to guide and encourage you every week you're here. This week, we're continuing the series that we've been calling Summer in the Psalms. And uh, at the beginning of the summer, I challenged our church, I challenged maybe you as a church to read through all 150 Psalms. So whether you've done that or not, we're now addressing that uh, as our series and having some people share uh, a psalm that stuck out to them during their reading. Now, you might be on Psalm 2, you might be on Psalm 50, you might be on Psalm 75, which is about where you should be if you've been reading along two a day uh, and to get through the whole summer. Uh, but what we're going to be doing is we're going to have people share uh, each week of this series uh, a psalm that stuck out to them and how it's impacted them and has grown their relationship with God. So today, I actually have Jason Lowey who's going to be coming on up, and he's going to be uh, reading from Psalm 19 and how it's impacted him, how it's uh, helped his relationship with God. And then I have a few things that I'll talk about after Jason is done with his message. So let's hear for Jason Lowey coming on up. Ooh, and i had painted a picture of my life and my dreams suddenly this crazy world made more sense
2: to me well
1: i heard it today and i couldn't help but sing along
2: because every time i hear that song
3: all right good morning Center point. um good morning uh, thank you aaron for the introduction uh as, he, as Aaron mentioned, my name is Jason, and my wife is Jerry, and we have three kids, soon to be four. My, da- my daughter's going to get married next year, so. and we've been coming to Center Point Church since the beginning, and uh, we love it here at Center Point Church. So you're probably wondering, like, why did I start this message with a clip from a Kenny Chesney song? Well, first of all, I really like Kenny chesney's music and it's summertime. Who doesn't? I mean, does anybody in here like Kenny Chesney? Well, hopefully um, you've heard Kenny Chesney on the radio, but I, I like this song because um, that verse there, because um, every time I hear this song, I just change the word song to psalm, and it makes, takes me back and it makes me think about this psalm. It makes me think about God, and it makes me think about God's Word so i kind of wanted to have something in my message that would maybe take you back and remind you of psalms and this message so in god so that's kind of why i added that in just something a little different so last week um, this, this summer series kicked off with amy amy uh, gave a great interview or an overview of the book of psalms and had a lot of information in her message and so if you weren't here last week, I just want to recap a little bit about Psalms and give you just a little bit of an overview of, of what we're going to be studying this morning. So, Psalms is a collection of 150 poems or hymns written over many centuries, dating all the way back to the Old Testament uh, where Moses had actually written a psalm. It's actually Psalm 90. Psalm uh, one of my favorite uh, people to study in the Bible, in the Old Testament, is King David. Um, David is responsible for writing about half of the Psalms. And his son Solomon is alth- also an author of some of the Psalms as well. So Pastor Aaron, um, when he t- asked me about presenting a message for Psalms, asked me if I would present a, or study a Psalm that was... Um, related to God, man, and the natural world. So after reading psalms a couple times, I kind of narrowed it down to about four different um, psalms and ended up landing on this one. So the psalm that I want to study this morning is Psalm 19. This is one of the psalms that was actually written by David and is a teaching psalm. So I'm going to read Psalm 19 here. Uh, Some of the words might be a little different than what's on the screen, just different translations. So psalm, oops, forgot. Can't see, unless I have these on. (laughs) Psalm 19, for the choir director, a Psalm of David. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the expanse, or skies, proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour out speech, night after night they communicate knowledge. There is no speech, there are no words. Their voice is not heard, their message has gone out to the whole earth, and their words to the ends of the world." In the heavens he has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming from his home. It rejoices like an athlete running a course. It rises from one end of the heavens and circles to the other end. Nothing is hidden from its heat. The instruction of the Lord is perfect, renewing one's life. The testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making the inexperienced wise. The precepts of the Lord are right, making the heart glad." And command of the Lord is radiant, making the eyes light up. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are reliable and altogether righteous. They, they are more desirable than gold, than an abundance of pure gold, drip, and sweeter than honey, dripping from a honeycomb. In addition, your servant is warned by them, and in keeping them there is an abundant reward. Who perceives his unintentional sins? Cleanse me from my hidden faults. Moreover, keep your servant from willful sins. Do not let them rule me. Then I will be blameless and cleansed from the blatant rebellion. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So... Um, there's a, couple, there's a few points that I want to kind of summarize or give you a summary of what this psalm is teaching. So I believe or the, the verses 1 through 6 are, are the manifestation and the evidence of God in our surroundings, in the creation of the sun and in nature. Verses 7 through 10 is the importance and the value of God's instruction to us through his written word in the Bible. And then verses 11 through 14 is finally David's prayer to God to help him steer clear of sin. So I'm going to j- jump through and we're going to kind of go through a f- a, and focus on a few verses. So verse 1, uh, again, is the heavens declare the glory of God and the expanse proclaims the work of his hands. So I'm an avid outdoorsman. Um, I enjoy—I uh, just enjoy being in the outdoors, and I enjoy just marveling at God's amazing creations. It's—it's it's always helped me um, get grounded and help fill up my cup when the busyness of life kind of drains it out. Uh, so I really—I really use being out in nature to lift me back up, so to speak. So, one of my favorite parts of the Bible is the book of Genesis. I really love the creation story. And I've read it many times, and every time I read it, I just, I just marvel and I just imagine what that must have been like for God to create the world. I love thinking about God creating the sun, the moon, the stars, the earth, the sky, the ocean, the land. The fish, the birds, the insects, and eventually man. So, for much of my life, um, the outdoors has been kind of my church sanctuary. I probably shouldn't say this in church, but and it's especially in front of Pastor Aaron. But um, for me, being in the outdoors has kind of been what brings me closest to God, and I really connect with God when I'm in the outdoors. So anybody in this church here this morning love hunting? Maybe a couple hands, hopefully. Um, So I really like to hunt. I love to fish as well. Um, So I like to deer hunt, and when I go deer hunting, uh, typically bow hunting or whatever, gun hunting, I like to get into my stand really super early in the morning. Um, Typically it's really dark. Uh, I love the excitement and the challenge of Creeping into my stand really, really quiet so as to not spook any of the wildlife around me. And every time after I get set up in my stand and I sit down, get my harness on, do all that stuff, the first thing I like to do is I like to pray. That's um, really a, a, a powerful time for me to connect with God. So being in nature really, to me, um, preaches a sermon of God's glory. Um, every time I look around me, it just reminds me of the awesomeness of God and that everything He's created, He's created to perfection. It brings a, a calming peace to me. And even when the conditions are really kind of not that great, you know, weather conditions and such, I still feel a calming peace being in the outdoors. So I'm sharing some photos here of pictures that I've taken. Uh, over the years, and actually one of the pictures I got from a friend, which is the my favorite of these pictures, is the, the water picture with the reflection of the cross. Um, to me, that's like the ultimate evidence of God's presence. He's all around us all the time. So why am I showing you these photos? Well, for me, I wanted to kind of just connect the dots. So I believe that when I'm out enjoying God's creation or whatever I'm doing and I stop and drop everything and I pick up my camera or I pick up my phone and I take a picture and I marvel at those pictures and I share them with my family or whatever, I believe that that's a form of worship. And God, obviously, he loves that when we take notice of his amazing creations. Um, so one thing I also want to point out too is like all these photos that I have, The one thing that's needed to make these photos amazing is the sun. Without the sun and without the light, these photos would be nothing. It would be black. It's kind of like what I see right now. I don't really see much. So, without the sun, we wouldn't have these beautiful photos. So, verse 2 of Psalm 19 um, reads, Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they communicate knowledge. There is no speech. There are no words. Their voice is not heard. So, when David writes they, he's referring to the heavens, the sky, the sun, the moon, and the stars. These creations don't actually talk to us verbally. We, we don't physically hear them. But they do speak to us every day. So every day we look around and we see the evidence of God. It's speaking to us. So when we slow down and we take notice of God's wonderful creations, And his majesty and beauty, that's another form of worship. All of these creations are constant and reliable. So, verse 6 of Psalm 19 reads, It rises from the end of the heavens and circles to the other end. Nothing is hidden from its heat. Uh, So, What David is saying here is the sun is always present and the sun sustains us and our life here on, on earth. It sustains us day after day. It's here every day, rising every morning, setting every night. Nothing is hidden from the sun, of course, unless there's something creating a shadow or some darkness, but nothing's hidden from the heat of the sun is what David said in that verse. So what I would like us to ponder and what I kind of have been thinking about as I was preparing this message is that there's a connection between the sun, S-U-N, and the sun, S-O-N, and both of their importances in our lives. So like the sun, S-U-N, God, Jesus, and the Bible are constant and can sustain us. Think about this. The written word of God has survived time where empires Temples, churches, and whole cities have been wiped out. God's Word, the written Word, has lasted the test of time. So John 14, 6 reads, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So the connection for me is, we cannot have life on earth without the S-U-N, and we cannot have eternal life without the S-O-N. Isn't it interesting how in the English language that those two things are so, those two words are so closely spelled? I think that's just absolutely amazing. So let's just go to now the middle of this psalm, and um, in the middle of this psalm, David pivot, pivots kind of from the, the creations and the manifestation of God, and how that speaks to us, and he shifts to the actual written word of God in the book. Okay. And both of, their important, both of them are important, but now he shifted to the importance of God's Word, His written Word. So verse 7, The instruction of the Lord is perfect, renewing one's life. The testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making the inexperienced wise. David is acknowledging the importance of being in God's Word. If we are regularly in God's Word, the truth can set us free. So Ephesians chapter 5 verse 9 reads, The fruit of the light produces goodness, righteousness, and truth. God's word is the light. The instruction of the Lord is perfect and trustworthy. So I was recently talking with a friend about this message that I was going to give and about Psalm 19 and specifically about this verse. And he kind of made an analogy for me. He asked me a few questions. He First question he asked me is, have you ever given advice to your children? And of course I said yes. And then he asked me, so when you gave that advice to your children, did you give your children the best advice that you knew to give at that time? And I said yes. And then he said, well, so have you ever intentionally steered your children in the wrong direction? And I said, no, of course not. And he said, well, What, um, so he said, well, this is, this is, so he helped me kind of put this all in perspective. So um, we are not God, and we're not all-knowing. We're not perfect. Uh, we didn't create heaven and earth, but we love our children, and we wouldn't intentionally mislead them. But God is perfect, and he is the creator of heaven and earth, and his written word is perfect. So he really made me think about, and it's gotten me thinking about, like, why wouldn't we want to dig into the word, and why wouldn't we want to listen? Um, so with that, I just I, I want to tell you a story about me and kind of give you um, just where I've come. So I'm almost 51 now, and when I was 48, so a few years ago, I, I really felt a, a tugging. On my heart that I was missing something in my life, and I've I've read and studied many chapters of the Bible uh, through you know community groups and just on my own, and I've actually tried to read the Bible uh, from start to finish, and I've gotten so far, but then I just kind of lose it, and I've never actually been able to take it all the way through, and I felt like the clock. In my life was like ticking louder and louder, and I felt like I really need to read the Bible. I need to be able to put it all together and understand the whole Bible. So, when I was 48, I was able to do that. I started in January and went all the way through December 31st, and uh, it was it was amazing, and I'm very thankful for that. I'm actually in my second year now of reading, and uh, I'm I'm happy that now I'm having a a second chance to read it again and to gain more wisdom from it. So I want to jump now to verse 8. The command of the Lord is radiant, making the eyes light up. So again, this reference to the clarity of the Word and the light that the Word can provide us. So I have really bad vision and uh, when I'm in the dark or like twilight, I, I really struggle to see. So um, when I'm outside, like during the day, it's a bright sunny day like hopefully today is, I can see crisp and clear. I have the light. And that light helps me see everything really clear. But in the darkness, it's not the same. So I have to ask the question, why wouldn't we have decide to have the light in our lives and be able to see? This is the light. So verse 9 the fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are reliable and altogether righteous. So Proverbs 1:7 reads, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. I have really thought about this a lot lately. Have I really feared the Lord in my life? I don't think so. Um, and I think I have to go back to proverbs, and I, when I really think about that, the fear of the Lord is the beginning. I'm at the beginning when i when I turned forty eight, to me that was like the beginning for me. I was able to gain wisdom now and dive into the Bible and really start to understand what God has for me in here. So um, I'm really thankful for that. and for me, that's really been the beginning of my learning and for you know for me to be able to read scripture, and understand it. So I want to close with um, verse 14. And verse 14 is, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Note, this psalm was written by David um, after he had sinned, and he was repenting and asking God to forgive him and to provide him wisdom, guide him so that he would stay pleasing to the Lord. Remember, David was a man after God's heart and he was one of the key figures in the kingdom of Israel and he's also start, he also started the royal line for us all the way to, king, uh, to Jesus, the true king. So how do I relate all this to my life today? Um, obviously, I'm not David. I'm just a simple person who tries to do the best I can every day. I do believe, though, that being in God's Word daily can change us. So, a couple points here. The, the words that come out, so the, the way you're going to be changed, I feel, when you get into God's Word is the words that come out of your mouth will be less har- harmful to others. You'll be less likely to gossip, less likely to use vulgarity, and more pleasing to God. We'll, we'll be less likely to hurt each other like unintentionally or even intentionally by our words. Our hearts will be filled with the fruits of the Spirit rather than the sins of the flesh. And as a result, again, we'll be more pleasing to the Lord. Last but not least, and not least important, is we will have wisdom. This book has all the answers to life. And it's free right here for us to take advantage of. So like I said before, it took me 48 years to finally read the Bible all the way through. And I'm really thankful for that. I'm thankful for that tug that God gave me to get going. So my dream today is that everybody here will go home, grab their Bible, do a little reading, or maybe listen to a Bible app, whatever works for you. But if that doesn't happen, my hope is that at least you'll start taking notice of God's wonderful creations all around you while you're out enjoying nature when you see that amazing sunrise or sunset or you hear the Kenny Chesney song I hope that it takes you back and makes you think about God so before I end us in a in a closing prayer I'll leave you with this we are all required to grow old but we are not required to grow wise we have a choice so my hope is you make that choice so I'd like to pray. Uh, Will you bow your heads, please? And I'll pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, blessed be your name. God, thank you for giving us the gift of all your wonderful creations. Thank you for the sun, your beautiful sunrises and sunsets, and most important, your son Jesus. Thank you for also changing me a couple years ago and for putting it on my heart to read your word. I pray that you will tug on others to get into your word as well. Lord, thank you for providing the light in the times of darkness in our lives. Lord, help us to live the way that you intended for us to live, godly lives. Lord, keep sending your beautiful sunrises and sunsets. We love seeing the works of your hands. We pray this in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. We can give Jason a a round of applause. two things that I kind of got from Jason's message. Uh, First off is just nature. Being observant of nature uh, allows us to see God's creation. It allows us to see God. So taking a moment to just reflect on whatever you see and reflecting on God through that could be really powerful. Hopefully you'll leave with something like that. And the second thing I got from from Jason is also scripture. Scripture being light to our own living, helping us live the life God intended for us. Uh, so I hope that's something maybe you're inclined to maybe look to Scripture a little bit more or, or seeing Scripture as light because that could be so powerful for you. And what I want to spend kind of our remaining time thinking about is how when you live in that light of what Scripture tells us to, how we become light to others. A few weeks back uh, at our outdoor service, uh, I talked about how it's important for us to be the light to the world, us as in someone who follows God. So if that's you, like we are to be people who, who are light to others around us. Uh, so as you go through different moments and experiences, you tend to have an opportunity to be light to others. So what I'm going to do is spend our remaining time is I actually have a video for us. It's about a seven-minute video, and it's about how God can use you to be light, no matter what the circumstance is. Has anybody seen the news lately? Who thinks it looks kind of crummy? All right, yeah, it's not fun sometimes to, like, see the news. It's kind of depressing. It's dark, right? It feels dark. Yet, we're still called to be the light. Christians are called to be the light. And even in tough, dark circumstances, we can still be light. So I want you, as you're watching this video, I want you to think about how you can be light using your experiences, using what you've gone through, what you maybe are dealing with now. And how this video actually is, is it's two women who were part of the Columbine shooting in Colorado years ago, and how that experience allows them to be used for God in the Uvalde shootings that just happened recently and how they've been able to be light using a tragedy, using their experience. So check out this video, and as you're watching it, I want you to think, what has God done or what have you gone through that God can use for light?
0: My name is Michelle and I was 18 years old, a senior at Columbine. My name is Lauren and I was 15 years old and a freshman in the cafeteria back in 1999 when the shooting happened. Growing up um, post Columbine, my life uh, obviously has dramatically changed. There's been seasons of real hard and um, grief, But on the other side of forgiveness for me is when I really started to see this terrible tragedy, um, opportunity to see it turn for good.
2: Now, like even going through
0: that experience and
2: having the every day in my coming and going, I see people differently. Um, I see purpose and I really fight hard to be present.
0: There's such an appreciation for life and like each and every day being a gift and because when you learn real young how precious it can it is and how quickly it can be taken away or change, um, your eyes are opened up and you do live life on purpose differently. The most recent situation in Uvalde, Texas, hearing about that, um, Honestly, my first instinct sometimes is like, I can't even watch um, because it's too familiar. And so instead of watching, I feel like all I can do is just start praying. And that's what I chose to do. I know on this one, I just could not sit back.
2: Then I texted Lauren and I was just like, we gotta go.
0: When we first arrived into Uvalde, uh, we said, let's just do a drive. It's a one-street town, really. Um, everything happens kind of off this main street. And we did find the main gathering place where families in the community were grieving. We didn't know anyone. We didn't have anybody that we were headed to con- to connect with. We literally went with like empty hands and just carriers of the Spirit of God. And we, we kept saying, we're going as strangers in the land as people of peace. And our specific prayers were that we would be received, that we would make the right connections with the right people, that God would bring them to us, Um, and that the whole time that we would just bring a sense of, like, I understand what you went through, and I'm here with you where we were going with big advice or here's the five-step plan to get better. It was literally just to sit with, to listen, to cry and pray with these families in this community. And I remember specifically one lady that did that for me, a stranger, I don't know her name, but I will never forget her face. Um, We had a gathering uh, after our shooting and there was a stranger that came and she hugged me, she cried with me and she prayed with me and that marked me significantly. And so it was like, it's time for us to go to this community and be that for somebody else. So we stopped at a Walmart and we picked up some poster boards and we made some signs and they simply said, we are Columbine, we are Rob for Rob Elementary, and we are with you. And we went to this park and we just stood there holding our signs and we ended up standing there for eight hours meeting and talking and praying with people.
2: knew that as we went, we weren't doing this alone. God says in His Word, He says, I'll go with you. And guess what? I'm holding God to that Word because I believe
0: that. And He does, and He did. One really amazing um, connection we made was with a family whose daughter we were having conversation with. She was very concerned about her mom um, because her mom had seen and experienced a lot that day and hadn't started talking about it yet and she was really worried that she had been she's bottling this up and it was affecting her and here comes her mom walking up to us sees our sign, sees us talking to her daughter hugs us and instantly just starts for the first time talking and communicating and sharing her experience and what she saw that day with us. So we're crying, holding her. And all of a sudden, I mean, this is towards the end of that first day being there. It was pitch black outside. And we're like, have you eaten dinner? And she Mm -hmm. said, no, have you eaten dinner? I said, let's go. Let's gather your whole family. Let's go. And let's go have a meal together. And we took them all to Sonic. So simple. We ordered Mm -hmm. so many burgers, fries, shakes, mozzarella Uh sticks. And we got to sit down and have a meal with this family. And It was one of the most beautiful things to see her, her walls come down, her open up. And again, Jesus prepped the atmosphere. He prepped the trust that Adriana would have with us to start her healing process. And we will continue holding her hand and her family's hands as the days continue. On our way out of town, we wanted to stop at the community area at that park one last time and there was the most beautiful, powerful worship taking place in the park when we got there. So we found the pastor and it ended up being a collective of community worship leaders from um, San Antonio and Uvalde. And so we just said, we're from Columbine. Thank you so much, can we get your contact? We'd love to partner with you as your community will continue to grieve down the road. We want to be a resource to anybody. And he says, grabs us and he's like, will you just come and share a word of hope for our community right here, right now? And then he like stops the worship, hands us a microphone. And we're le- we are like look at each other like, of course, yep. This is how this whole trip has been, of course. And so we got to share the gospel, a message of hope, to think that 23 years later, after our circumstance took place, how God is still using that for His glory, turning tragedy into triumph. People
2: are hurting so bad, and they need hope. It's time and I'm encouraging our the church, the big sea church all across this world. It's time. You don't have to go far. You it's in your house. It's next door to your house. It's out sitting on the front porch with someone who needs to have a little bit longer conversation with you. But are we willing? That's the thing. Are we willing? Are we are we willing to step outside our own comfort? Are we willing to step outside not having a plan or an agenda or just just really just sitting with people because that is when change comes and that's when we're going to see revival in this land
1: so i hope you leave with some ideas maybe of how god could use tragedy in your own life for an experience or hurt or struggle to be light to others, to help others in that process. What is that for you? What's that thing where you can be light and really hold a sign, you know, or go and buy burgers? What is that spot for you? What's that experience that you personally have? We actually, we have something coming up here at Centerpoint. It's going to start this fall. And we're going to be doing a podcast where people can share some of their life experiences like this. Some of the tragedies, some of the hurts, some of the the struggles, whether it's financial or addiction or... Uh, marriage or whatever it maybe is, but we're going to have people sharing kind of how they went through it and how now they can be light to others and helping them process that and get through that. So that's going to be something that's coming up this fall. Uh, I'm super excited about that, but if you have an experience like that that you want to use for, for good, for light, let me know. Fill out one of those cards. I'd love to get you plugged in on that. But where can you be light to others today? Now, I'm going to wrap us up with a prayer and then I have a few quick announcements for us and then the band will close us out. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, uh, as, as we reflect on Jason's message of seeing your creation, what you've done in the world, and then God, your scripture, the Bible, and how that brings light to us in our own living, God, we just pray that we can embrace that. And then God, as we live and follow your ways, your words, God, I just pray that we can be light to others. Uh, We can be this light to others, whether it's through tragedy or through triumph. I just pray that you use us to be this light in what seems to be this dark world these days. God, I pray that you prompt us to, to act on that and help us figure out maybe where that is for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.